Hello, you're very welcome to another episode here of the Final Whistle.e League of Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Callan, and I hope that you're going to enjoy an action-packed uh, programme here this evening. We have got Brian Gartland coming up to speak to us later on in the programme, and before that we have Darren Murphy of Cove Ramblers. But before that, we're going to talk to Darren McCarney of Final Whistle.e and host of Around the Grounds, where he's going to have a chat to us about re- reviewing last week's fixtures in the League of Ireland season. Dermot, you're very welcome to the programme. Um, there wasn't a Premier Division matches because of the international break. We just had First Division games to look at. So first and foremost, let's look at uh, the results. Bray Wanderers drew nil all with Wexford, while Cork City had a comprehensive win over Athlone Town, which was 4-1. Longford Town had a big, big win against Galway United. It was 2-1 there, while Treaty United defeated uh, Waterford 2-1. Some surprising results there, it has to be said. Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, the, the likes of Galway, that was Galway's first defeat of the season. And, you know, it was a bit of a relief for Cork to say that, you know, our closest rivals have have ran aground. You know, they're, they're three points ahead of them now in the table. They do have the game in hand, though. Galway do have the game in hand over them in, in the long run, however. But it was a good result to them. They have that little bit of breathing room at the top of the table. Big win as well for, for Treaty, I suppose. That result caused a bit of caused a bit of shock to say that you know Trinity picked up a big 2-0 win their result the previous week you know they were completely ran ragged by Cork at the Markets Field and you know I know that there was the red card in the game for Waterford but in the grand scheme of things I don't think it changed much I think Treaty looked a very solid outfit they looked like a team that needed to pick up the results big result for them but of course you know it gives the it gives Galway and it gives Cork the chance to to get a bit of breathing room but for Treaty and for Longford last week it was a case of you know we're we're back up into the playoff spots this is where we want to be you know contending for for a title and I did say it last week on the podcast that the the Wexford and Bray game could be one of those games where it's you know a, a goal fest or an ill-all draw and it became an ill-all draw in the end and I suppose not the not the result either team wanted for you know Wexford being the surprise package of the, the year they wanted to get a uh, they wanted to get points and to continue their charge, but of course they've been knocked out of the playoff spots now by the likes of Treaty and, and Longford and, you know, more misery for Athlone. It's been the case of it, five straight defeats, not where they wanted to kickstart their season by, by any means. And for Cork, I think Cork have been the yardstick so far. I know they have suffered defeat at the hands of Galway earlier on this season, but they've been a very cohesive unit. They've been clever with, with how they've, they've played so far this year and they have... They definitely look the early, the early front runners to go straight up. I think when you're looking at the results that happened last week, you know the the treaty result kind of sticks out an awful lot with me, but also the the Longford one as well. It kind of shows that while there are teams who think that, like obviously Cork, as you said, they're the yardstick. Some teams are just not going to get their own way. And that's going mm-hmm. to be very, very important as the season goes along. There's still going to be very an awful lot of twists and turns. And that's what's making, I believe, this first division season. We haven't even touched on the Premier Division yet, but the first division season has been so good so far that there's going to be these surprise results along the way that are that are really going to make it so interesting when you get into that kind of heavy September, October time. Yeah, I suppose what we've seen is nearly everyone can beat everyone else in the league, you know. Cork lost at home to Waterford, went away to Treaty and beat Treaty, then Treaty beat Waterford. And, you know, 
you can kind of say, oh, you know, there is the favourites. You can say, you know, Watford, people might have said, you know, Watford should have swept Treaty aside last week, but Treaty stood their ground, got their three points, a great result for them. Fantastic game to watch as well. Um, I don't think there should be a, a lot of that talk this year, to be honest, in the division, because it's been it's been so competitive. Anyone could beat, could beat anyone at the moment. You know, Longford and Galway, that was a big, big result for Longford to get a 2-1 win against against Galway, who are chasing the top of the table. You know, Longford haven't had the best start of the season in terms of, you know, game time. They've only had a couple of games there. You know, they, they will have some games in hand to play. Will that cause a bit of issues with fixture congestion? It'll be hard to see with, with that in that regards. But it's definitely been an enjoyable season in the first division to watch. The the quality of the football has been great. Support has been great watching the different um the different teams playing at home the atmosphere for the first division has been great and you know long may it continue definitely for the first division teams but you know you will look at the table you will say you know Galway Cork Waterford are still amongst the the front three but you know Longford get another big result this weekend Tracy could get another big result this weekend it, you know Waterford could go down the table again it's it's very hard to call this division so far in the early weeks let's look at the uh, standings so far. You've got Cork City who are on top with 16 points. You then have Galway um, with a, you know, a bet with a game in hand. They're on 13 points. Then it's Waterford, Longford, Treaty. Like, when you look at it, like, you've got four teams there that are on seven points. You've got one team on 10, one team on 13, and then obviously Cork on 16. Like, you, we're, we're talking about this. We've been saying it all season. Like, there's nothing separating these sides at the moment and it's only going to get better. But those playoff positions, a bit like what happened, I think it was two years ago during the lockdown where the first division title kind of flew into lots of, you know, it was one at one stage it was in, it was going to cabin T the next way, the next minute it was going to the Midlands. Like the playoff positions, it seems won't be decided really until the following day, until the, nearly the second to the last day. Yeah, I suppose it's very hard to call it at the moment because obviously, you know, Galway are in second place. They're leading the top of the playoff places, but they could they could go up as league champions, and Cork could have could go in there. Watford could have a sensational second half to the season, and they could go up. Or, you know, Longford could find their feet. Those couple of games in hand, they could go top of the table. It's really hard to call the playoff positions. I suppose, you know, going into it last week, you would have had. Longford and Treaty outside of the playoff places. They picked up big wins last week. Now they're in it again. Mm-hmm. Treaty, of course, are playing at, at loan this weekend. That result could see them stay in the playoff places, depending on the results elsewhere as well. You know, you've the likes of Cove as well, who could challenge for playoff places as well. It's 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 been very difficult to call the results. And you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if we had, you know, the scenario where we are doing around the grounds on the final night and at half time, two teams are in the playoff places, and by full time, they're not in the playoff places. It is very, very difficult to call this year, to be honest with you. But even when you're talking about, you know, teams that are that that are in those playoff places, Longford have gone through thanks to the playoff spaces. You know, Waterford obviously um, were relegated last year. They don't really want to go through that playoff, so to speak. It's I know one team goes up. But it's very harsh on the rest of those teams that may be just on par with them, and yet they have to really kind of dog it out to, to try and get promoted then. Yeah, I suppose with only a couple of places in the Premier and the First Division, it's very tough on, you know, when you look at 
the league table so far, you could definitely say four four of the top the top four teams could definitely put a good shift in in the Premier Division if they were given the opportunity to. You know, it is it is tough when, and even saying that, you know, you win the playoffs, you go through to the playoffs, you go into the the relegation playoff then with the team who's coming down from the Premier Division. And then it's a case of you could lose that game and it's, you know, back to the first division for you lads next year and, you know, go again. We know we saw UCD. UCD went up through it last year. Waterford, of course, are the team that went down as a result. As you said there, they don't want to go through the the nerve-wracking fixtures that are those games in the in the playoffs. And, you know, for, for Treaty last year, they made it to the semi-finals. That was a, I suppose that was a big result for them. But if they could have made it to the playoff final, you know, it, it is heartbreaking to lose the playoffs as well as that. You know, there's no, there's still no guarantee that, you know, you win your playoffs and you're going straight up. It, there is that, you know, the boginess of taking on a team like maybe Drawhead or Finn Harps in, in that regards. But, you know, I, I do think that, I, I don't know if there should be maybe um, this idea of a, a change in the structure of both of the leagues that maybe make it more than than the 10 or so teams that are in the, the premier division and, you know, give, give a few more, or is it a case of we go two up, two down? Like I guess yeah. normal, but you know, you have those, like, there might be a couple of extra places as well that you could say, right, top two go up and then there might be a third team. It all depends on what the case is. It may, yeah. may be for that, but it is, it is heartbreaking to say that, you know, the teams can battle it out now for the playoff places. You know, we're in the playoff places. If you lose the playoff places, it's just a case of going again next year. But, you know, there's still no guarantee that we could be talking Waterford, Galway, Cork, whichever of them don't are, are you know, they're supposed the early front runners in the table as of right mm-hmm. now. One of them will go up, obviously, as the league champions, but for two of them, it could be a case of defeat on the final day, or could could there be the playoff final? But it, it is I suppose it is a heartbreaking scenario for both of those teams, to be honest with you. Just the final question before we wrap up, and I know that you'll be coming back in later on in the programme to uh, preview next week's fixtures. There's been a lot of talk, and I know that Stephen Kenny even mentioned it, that um, you know the lack of kind of a regional representation in the Premier Division, but you're looking at, you know, Cork have a possibility of being represented, you know, Galway, Waterford. I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking kind of out loud here an awful lot. It, you really need to kind of have that that how would you say that monster representation would be so important in the league in the Premier Division next year. Yeah, I suppose definitely every provincial area should have that that representation. I suppose, you know, for, for the West, it's it's mainly Galway to be honest that have been the front runners for for that region to be to be a team, and I suppose they want to promote their region, but to do it, you want to go back into the Premier Division. You want to be a top a top team in that in that regards. You know, Cork were, you know, Cork were flying for for a few years there. They were, you know, promoting football down in the Munster area, and Watford were doing the same. And both teams in that regards, of course, I I could keep, keep completely forgot that Sligo are, are also in. Yeah, the West. we keep forgetting about just, course Sligo. Just dawned on me there that Sligo are also <laughs> in the West, but you know what I mean. In that regards, you want the contingent, you know, two teams for a province that size as well. The Munster clubs are battling it out there in in the first division. You know they're they're still promoting the region at the same time of doing so. But you know when you look at the Premier Division table, there's a lot of you know Leinster representation. Yeah. You have the one team out west, but 
you know, in that regards, I suppose. He, Stephen Kenny is definitely right that you do want um, you do want those areas to develop as well. We want the, the grassroots to be developing. And if you have, you know, Cork City for, you know, for people in Cork that, you know, are in, in, in most the city that, you know, there is Premier Division football there week in and week out that, you know, they can strive to want to be in that division. Same as Waterford, same as Galway, wherever it may be. But, you know, definitely you know, the crowds that have been going to the first division games, the standard of the first division has been phenomenal this year, as I've said already, but, you know, the representation is there already, but for, for sure, everyone wants to go back up into the premier division. Thanks very much, Jamer. We'll see you later on in the program. And coming up next is an interview with Cove Ramblers manager, Darren. And I'll be joined by our next guest. It is Cove Ramblers manager, Darren Murphy. Darren, you're very welcome to the programme and thanks for taking the time to speak to us. No worries, you're welcome. Uh, Darren, just to start off, um, a difficult result last week against Bray Wanderers, a 1-0 loss, but you'll take great comfort from the fact that some of your results you've really improved on since the beginning of the season. Yeah, look, again, football is tough to take at times. Um, obviously, losses aren't, aren't something you want in football, but they're something that happen and you have to deal with them and you have to learn from them. And sometimes they can be good learning points for players, you know, managers, coaches and clubs, you know. Um, yeah, look, it, it was a good game. The, the performance was, uh, you know, good from us. Um, I, I thought we were, we were very good. We created a lot of chances, didn't take them, obviously, um, you know, and... Unfortunately, sometimes if you if you don't take the chances, you don't you you don't win the game because goals win games. But um, no, I, I said, look, I, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating chances. You know, Darren, do you think at this moment in time, with the fact that you you have put in some good performances, you know, it, although I think maybe the score lines that in some of the games aren't reflecting Coast performances so far this season, do you think that? At some stage, you know, that click, as they always talk about in football, you know, when things start to click, do you think that's about to happen and Cove could start rising up that table fairly sharpish? Yeah, I think, look, we, we have an excellent squad um, and there's some good lads and, and obviously some young lads, you know, some experienced lads and coming together. It's a new team, you know, it's, an, it's a new environment for some players. It's their first League of Ireland experience, you know. And uh, no, like, as I said, like, you know, no... No one has got into our eleven and not earned it, you know. And 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 the performances have been good. There's just some minor ch changes that we might need to do or adapt. But then it, it's tough in a way. Like you, you know, you're you're looking at it, and again, this is football. It's the open kind of environment of football. Is that? You no, know, I'm watching England and Switzerland play last week, and you know, the ball comes in over the top of centre half's head. You know, striker heads it in. You're thinking, if I was looking at that in my game, I'd be thinking right, the centre-back should have kind of opened his body there or taken a step back or headed away. And I think sometimes we concentrate on the negative too much or that's the fault of the goal. And look, goals happen in football. You know, you, you could look back over a game and say, you know, like if if, if the ball went in the net that time or that time or that time. But um, I think, look, over 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 a, a league a league period is probably when the, be the, the best team comes out and, and that, that's why there is leagues, you know. So we probably have to look halfway through and assess how we're doing then in our form and then maybe kind of change things if we need to. Um, you know, but I, I think, as I said, like performances have been good. There's small, minor things that we need to work on and, and, and look at, you know, defending midfielders and attackers, you know, but... Um, 
again, we can't ask much more from our lads in, in effort. You know, they, they, they've given 100%. I couldn't say once coming off a pitch, we didn't give everything, like, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that that's that's great thing to be able to say about your team in general and even even looking at the Atlone game away, like, you know, and mm-hmm. to win the game in the 93rd minute, I know it was a kick for Atlone, like, but, you know, it, it was something we looked at it. The other side is that we kept going to the end, you know, and we've done that every game, even when we've lost, we've kept going, you know, we've kept trying to create, we've kept trying to win that game. And that's all you can ask of a team. Yes, hopefully it clicks, you know, and, and and not just for our sake, it's for the players' sake and the club's sake, and uh, we we'd love to see that because you know we probably see the the amount of work that they do off the pitch, you know that we're we are a really fit team, you know we are we are really fit and strong. It's it's a young side, inexperienced, but again, like you know, we we do have that bit of experience on the other side of it as well. We we do have experienced players, and they're helping these lads, uh, you know, become established League of Ireland players, and I'm sure they will. Um, you know, because you always look at players, and if 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 they are putting in the effort and the time into League of Ireland, that you know they kind of want to go in, go on in their own careers. Just we've spoken about this, so we have spoken to both other players and management in the first division, and. There's kind of this talk of, you know, the supposed big three, you know, the Waterford, Cork and, and, and Galway trifecta, so to speak, that um, they're full time. There's, you know, plenty of resources. But the one thing that I will always say about Cove, like, and I know this from my experience of of, of going down there to games there, it's a it's it's a small club, but it, it's a small club with huge, huge potential. And it's just, um, it's just kind of sometimes it's just been squeezed out a little bit. Would that be a fair result, a fair assessment of things? Yeah, look, it's it's no, you know, no hidden secret that it's a small club, you know. But um, you you look at the amount of of work, and uh, you're talking about potential here. The amount of work that's gone in over the last couple of years to 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 turn that club into what it is now, um, you know, is is outstanding. Like from the the people behind it, it kind of gives a real sense of the community then as well. And they 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 want to be you know uh, uh, known as a bigger club. And again, like you look at it, there's only what 19 teams in Ireland, you know, in this in this top tier football, and Cove is one of them. So they've got to be proud of that um, as well as a club, you know, um. But like, yeah, like I, I think there's there's improvements need to be made. Um, obviously, you know when you're coming in, I'm looking at like, yeah, you're talking about the big tree, uh, big tree, and they're they're full time teams, and there is a there is a difference. And if you if you don't cater to that difference, you're going to get left behind. Um, and look, uh, obviously, you know over 90 minutes a team can match a team but this is where the league table comes into effect and you look at at the end of the league table what what the the results are like there's no point in you know taking three points off one of them teams and not competing with them then you know for a spot in that league um and i think that's where that's where the difference comes in i think you that comes around strength and conditioning you know diet off the pitch what you're doing off the pitch the effort that you put in like are are, are you willing to stay in you know as, as a footballer are you willing to stay in and work on your trade are you willing to kind of learn would you rather watch Man United play on a Sunday rather than watch your own game and see what you did? You know, all all those factors come into play when you're kind of part-time. It probably mightn't suit the, the full-times probably can actually take a step back that way, even though probably most of them don't because they're probably in a full-time club for a reason. But, you know, they're working on it every day. 
you know, and, and that's the difference is that they're able to watch their games back. They can take a, you know, an hour and a half, no problem during the day, watch the games back. Coaches can do it as well. They could watch three or four games in a week, you know, you know, and, and, and same with, same, same with players at times, you know, what they want to work on, you know, they have a whole week to do it. Their strength and conditioning comes into that. They know their lads are doing it and, you know, they're, they're on site doing it. And, um, yeah, that's 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 the thing that you need to match. But we need to match that. As, I think as a as a country, I think even even our younger players needs to come in because it's happening in other countries. And mm. uh, you know, from a young age, and hopefully, you know, we don't miss the boat here. And uh, and you know, within five six years, you know, it, it could affect us at at senior international level. Like you know, you came in as interim manager, if I'm not mistaken, midway through last year. Um, I, I actually read a fascinating book a couple of months ago about, you know, how managers go in and, you know, how the first 100 days or so to speak is is very, very important. Did you, in your first kind of period at the club, did you just do an, an observation of the club as a whole and the players as a whole? Or was there was in your idea that there needed to be swift changes or any kind of quick changes in order to get the ball rolling, to stamp your kind of authority on what you wanted as a football club? No, I don't think you can do that. You can't come in and do like a hard stop to what's going on. And there was good work done previously. You know, there was there was like there was a good coach there, there was a good manager there. Obviously, things didn't work out, and that's football, and we all know that 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 happens. It could happen to any of us, you know. And and it wasn't a case of you're coming in and just you know changing everything. 90, you know, um, one eighty degrees. Like you know, it's 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 it's. We brought in slow changes, like, and we had to, as you said, assess what what the squad was, what what guys needed, what could we do to 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 improve it or get get get, get uh, better results, and uh, you know, kind of, it, it it did work towards the end. We had to actually put in an extra day. We put in, we put in, um, and and it wasn't straight away. It was after a couple of weeks. It was, you know, put in a Monday night of strength and conditioning, you know, and mm-hmm. it, paid, it paid off. We got fitter. We like, I think we did about. You know, seven or eight injuries or something when we first came in, and then we'd none. You know, the last three games of the season, we'd everyone to pick from, and that's a huge thing in a first division club as well. Um, is that you have your squad to pick from every week? You know, um, yeah, and and things like that. And I think, look, with 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 new ideas and new innovations, you know, it's not going to suit everyone. Um, and I don't, I, I kind of look look at that in football in general. Is that can't just bring in a rule and something to do at the top it's not going to suit everyone all the way down you know and we try to work with our players and obviously you know there's there's jobs there's relationships there's families um you know and they're 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 not full-time at this so we have to we have to kind of work around that and it's not a case of me saying everyone's there on a monday night or you're sacked or you're you're gone or get out of the club it's you know you have to work and with with guys and we might have to give guys a, a GPS vest on a Sunday night where he does that work and returns it and you know mm-hmm. he's he has done the work it's not a case of of he hasn't done it you know so no I think there's there's workarounds everywhere and we try to you know be open as we can and try and you know try and suit everyone and and and, and at the end of the day look we're all going towards the same goal so you know um just that's that that to me is the ultimate one is that like you know we're all in this together we spend so much time together during the season you know and um let's just all be on board like you know you went to stevenage in 2008 and you came back obviously um back into ireland in in and around 2014 so you would have had plenty of years in england 
from speaking to other players they said that there's been kind of a quantum leap in the game over here and the fact that you know there's more tactical uh, vision on on how the game is played over here compared to what it was what was the biggest thing that you took away from your english experience from playing at the likes of you know stevenage portfield macclesfield those kind of clubs that you could translate now into your management role at cove i don't think it's the biggest thing i think mm. i think it was kind of a career of learning um and it's not just it's not just england as well in football i like i've i've actually come into you know a, a workplace where you know for the last couple of years where i've probably learned a lot as well um yeah. you know to help me in management um and it's it's kind of just your environment and what way you set up if 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 i looked at 10 years ago and you said oh you know like you'd be a manager i would have started laughing at you and other people probably would have as well um and you know i i just wasn't that 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 type of person i think whatever environment you're kind of set up in and what kind of way you go in life that 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 brings you know experience and from england i would i would say you know it, it was a big step up for me even just as a player going over there to see the fitness of guys and that, mm-hmm. that was huge they were they were really fit they're they're really good i probably thought coming over from you know the premier division here and i went to the conference and steven at that time and you probably think like you know and um, the quality of player but the quality of player was very good like it was top standard a lot of and maybe i hit it just as a good time because a lot of our players would have gone in to play premiership or championship and stuff like that and it was kind of staying fit was the thing and and, and i think if i look back now education around your your body and your fitness is huge for a footballer and i see a lot of players uh, like a lot of irish players that go to the uk break down get injuries or retire early um and it's because probably of the demand over there from you know what you're coming over from here to to the uk and the quality look the quality i think doesn't like you have footballers that have quality you know and we mm-hmm. we're not short of that you know or ability um and i think just at an overall level we're kind of you know we we get a bit of um you know our tenacity from the ga and we get a bit of our identity from the ga and and i and i think it's a great thing that you know we have that as a country because i think when you go to england you know that's what they like out of irish players you know they're you know they'll work hard you know they'll work all day they'll go they'll go through you in a tackle or you know they had they can play as well you know and obviously each each we we have individual guys as well who are talented like even damien duff there was an outstanding winger for chelsea you know and mm-hmm. but i i think like the the yeah the the idea of of us is 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 not needs to be lost but we need we need to to I, I think definitely get better on education of body earlier you know like and and what what how we can how we can get fit or how we can treat injuries and stuff like that like even when i was if i knew what i knew now you know i think my career would have gone on longer yeah. um and I, I i tried to take that into to to learnings with lads obviously the training and the, the training methods and you know the, the the way the coaches were the managers were in certain situations or you know what way we played and you know playing against other teams and being in different environments helped as well um and i think understanding as well is is a big thing um you know um discipline discipline is huge um you know i wouldn't have been the most disciplined player um in my time in ireland and you know i went to the mm-hmm. uk and I, I i was disciplined you know and 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 the manager the manager disciplined me and you know it was it made a huge uh difference in my game as well um and and you know i think you kind of have to because you go away from your home and you kind of have to kind of grow up a small bit as well yeah. and you know and and it did teach me you know how to grow up and be 
become a person um, and become like a, a more kind of away an independent person I suppose the word I'm looking for um, definitely helped as well but uh, no I really enjoyed my time there obviously came back um, from the UK with a, with, a, with a lot of knowledge you know and, and it really helped helped me you know um, going on not just in in, in football but in, in my life as well to you know have that ambition and, and and get into the workplace again and that's even tough in itself you know for for guys mm -hmm. um because basically you're, you're going you're going back in you probably think you're a failure you know and and and, and it's not the case you know it's not the case it's you know it's a football career and it, it happens and stuff like that but that's what's going through your head when you're you're, you're going back in i can see why a lot of guys fall out of you know um football and kind of do nothing or kind of you know get stuck in a rut and stuff like that um because it is hard it's difficult but again it's learning and taking yourself out of comfort zone and getting back into the workplace and getting back into again a totally different environment with totally different people and uh yeah like you you kind of you kind of you know i've done i've done a couple of courses and stuff like that over the last couple of years and they've helped as well so lots of things lots of things <laughs> lots of ex life experience i suppose put it down to uh, just a, a final couple of questions. Um, just when you were talking about that, there, you know, you're talking about experiences and and different things. There seems to be at the moment, particularly with the way that Brexit has happened, is that young Irish players, first of all, are either staying here, they're getting their education and they're getting League of Ireland football, or there seems to be now a branching out that they're going to European countries. There seems to be this thing now that they all seem to be heading to Italy. You know, this seems to be the new thing. Um, do you think, though, that for young players that I know that like there was a, a Cork player went to AC Milan re in, in recent weeks. Do you think, though, that that is going to benefit Irish football in the future? The fact that they're going to, a, how to say, what is perceived a more technical league and a more technical footballing environment? Yeah, it's it's a hard one to to answer because, again, look, the one the one rule doesn't fit all. Um, mm -hmm. That player, you know, going over to AC Milan, yes, he could come technically better next, you know, um, Maldini of the the world and an Irish Maldini, hopefully, mm -hmm. um, and you know, but it might not work out for him there either, or, or or any other guy. Everyone's in different scenarios, you know, and and it's it's a difficult one. And I, I, I again, I, I would stress the fact that I hope we don't kind of put a a plate on it like you know a lot of people would have an argument stay here you get a you get a college degree you get a job and then and then you go into football and you've got everything that does that might not necessarily suit everyone either that wouldn't have suited me as a player you know like and 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 it might not suit each individual so i think we need to to look at the individual and how they they go about that i would like to see um you know players going over there that make sure that they when 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 they when they do go to these countries that they they do get educated on football and someone checks in with them to say you know like are you doing your 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 work how's it going over there for you you know like are you are you getting on okay you know like uh, so just even someone to talk to or something and i i i know a lot of players have support anyway from their their parents and families nowadays and and, and it's a lot better but some some might uh, might not and and even some of the parents might not be educated as well in in football terms as in like you know what you have what it takes to go over there and and, and yeah. be successful and i think that's the kind of elephant in the room at times like you might go into a dressing room of young kids and kind of say who right oh, hands up who wants to be a professional footballer look they're all going to put their hands up and then you know you ask questions like right how many of you are willing to not buy christmas presents this year and save your money and you know towards your career and 
you know, less hands go up, or like you know, yeah. Miss Miss Easter not eat any chocolate, or and again, look, it's not a case of you you can't eat chocolate, but just using an example, but yeah, yeah. it is that kind of thing. Like when you get to get to those you know environments, is that like you have to give up a lot to 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 gain a lot, and yeah, I I, I really think it's it's just down to the individual. I don't think you can put an answer on that whether it's going to be successful or not, or for for the country in general or anything like that, or even in country. You might have a player here that might play, you know, at a local level in 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 Munster Senior League for twenty uh-huh. for twenty years of his career, and twenty two, he's the best player in in Ireland, you know. And it's 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 just it that's that's the beauty of football as well, and that's you know it, it gives that chance. But yeah, I think look, learnings definitely. I, I think in in individuals and whether it's League of Ireland or it's AC Milan, that the 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 player is you know given that opportunity to learn and and be educated and you know given given the right environment and and also tested in the right environment. You know. Finally, Darren, um, you got Galway this weekend in in your next league match. Uh, Reunion of sorts, another another uh, Corkman. Well, I could say he's he's Ross Common born, also born in Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. He's a, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a licorice all sorts. John Cork, but it, Cork yeah. is where he's known, and uh, so it's 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 a matchup of a matchup. Um, how are you approaching that game with the perceived? And I'm putting this in inverted commas against one of the supposed big three. Yeah, look, it's always good to see John. Um, you know, he's he, he's he's a good lad. I, I spoke to him a good few times, you know, and uh, and he he always puts out a, a decent team, like you know, and and, and you can see that from his uh, his record, you know. So it's going to be a tough game, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, Galway are a good side. They've had some good results so far this season, and you know they're up there competing. Um, but yeah, like we we have to we have to trust in our team as well, and and, mm-hmm. and go out and give it a performance. And again, look, we we've played a lot of teams now this season, and there's no reason why we can't be competing. And you know, like again, you know, small things about about the learning as we spoke about. But as I said, hopefully there's there's a time that um it all comes together, and 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 we'll be going into each game prepared like we normally do, and uh and and ready for you know um anything that comes our way. But like again, I would say to our guys, you know, um, believe in your ability. You know, we 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 get to work rate. We we ask for you know to the work rate and 100 percent on the pitch. Like and as I said, the the at loan game um, to win to win three two away and score you know two goals late on showed the the kind of fitness and the will of our guys willing to win. You know, and just take that and you know believe in the ability and you know take your chances mm-hmm. and uh, we 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 should get the the ball rolling. As we saw last night with Stephen Kenny's Ireland. Listen, Darren, uh, thank you very much for your time. I know that uh, you've got training this evening, so thanks very much for taking time to speak to us. And hopefully, we'll speak to you later on this season, if God willing. Yeah, no, great. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it and enjoyed the chat. Thanks very much. And thanks very much to Darren Murphy of Co Rammers. Our next guest is Dundalk FC captain Brian Gartland, who joins us. Brian, you're very welcome to the programme. As things get on, thanks for having me. Thanks very much, Brian. We're going to get straight into it. Um, first and foremost, how have you found the return after what's been a very difficult period after tearing your ACL last season against uh, Shamrock Rovers? How have you found the recovery and finally getting back onto the pitch? Yeah, it's um, it's a long journey. It's it's not nice, and it's kind of it's more a mental challenge than anything. Um, and then, yeah, enjoy it like. Well, you enjoy bits of it, it's hard work. It's you just have to get on with it. It, it is what it is, and um, 
but you have good days and bad days and you just have to keep plowing on through the bad days or the bad weeks you know um, and if, yeah it's it's like I said it's been up and down the whole time I've had a few curveballs thrown at me mm-hmm. on the way and that um, but it's the same for everyone that goes through a long term injury like that um, and then yeah returned and played against Harps there it's probably a month ago or so and unfortunately uh, I got COVID then for the first time a day or two later I tested positive so um, that knocked me uh, knocked me back a bit uh, what was it 10 day isolating but uh, yeah it fairly hit me hard it floored me a bit so um, building up the fitness again after that and it's just another uh, another little setback but um, yeah back in training feels strong just needs I suppose get going get a run of matches and, and get going but um, I lads are, are keeping it tight at the back I think there's only two two penals conceded in the last five games so I've got to bide my time and, and, uh, and wait for uh, maybe a slip up or a mishap to, to get in You were appointed captain by Stephen O'Donnell it's a it's a massive vote of confidence for you um, after everything that has gone on that's you know he not only are you coming back as a player but you're coming back as captain of the club yeah, we um, we have, I suppose, like a leadership group, you know, and there's, there's a few of us in it that would collectively, you know, do that job sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there's no getting away from, you know, if I'm on the pitch, I'd be armband. And to me, it, it means the world. It uh, It's a massive honour. It's a massive club. Um, I think the gaffer said before, people don't realise until you're at, that, at the club just how big of a draw and how big the club is and what it means to the town and the people around and uh, like I suppose the first time we ever won something you know at the club you know it just it ingrained that in us it's it's unforgettable and that sort of feeling so so yeah so the honour is it's it's massive um, but um, yeah listen that's it's it's an added bonus but listen I need to get back on the pitch and doing my job first and foremost Um being competitive that way and helping the team that way and everything or anything extra I could add you know as you know one of the more experienced players then you know I'm glad if I can have an effect uh, Just speaking of Stephen O'Donnell he's now back as the, the head coach manager at the club um, would you have seen when he w- when you played with him um, during that that this was obviously going to be a natural transition for him to turn into a manager and I think that him coming back to the club is kind of Started a, a rejuvenation of the of the place, as you can see at the moment. Yeah, listen, it was, I think we used to do a thing one year in the program, and there was a lot of questions, and yeah. all of us did it. And each week, a player would say, "It's who's most likely to be a manager." You know, after they stopped playing, was was one of the questions. And I think unanimously, everyone put the gaffer. You know, um, so you could see that. That's just the way he was on the pitch. You control the game and. You know, he he was a leader on the pitch, so he knows the game inside out, and uh, and he absolutely loves the game. So, yeah, you could you could see that. But um, you know, he's taken it straight away and won trophies. You know, win the cup last year and that sort of thing. So, um, it's proven sort of already. So, yeah, it uh, you would have you would have seen you would have seen him likely to go into to a role like that after. Um, just in, in relation to, you know, your, I understand that this season is very much about you getting back on the pitch and, and, and back playing. But is there any 
like at one stage it was nearly a case that every time there was a corner taken you your your head was nearly on it is there any kind of targets or anything that you've set for this season for yourself or um is it just getting back onto that pitch and and just f- falling in love with that game again after being out for so long yeah no um like it's it's not just about getting back onto the pitch and playing like it's not yeah. just about showing up and being a footballer or you know turning up and playing your game like I'm only coming back to win. I'm only coming back to compete. You know, so everything that was before, and I suppose absence makes the heart grow stronger as such. You know, like the hunger intensifies because you've been away from it that long. And there's more questions. I'm older, you know, and has obviously, you know, career threatening injury. So mm-hmm. most people are saying you're not coming back, and especially at your age and different things. So it's, it's, um, there's added incentives to, to prove people wrong and it's just yeah like I said there's a hunger and desire there and if there wasn't I wouldn't be back I, I wouldn't be back just to turn up and just to say oh the goal is to get back playing the goal is to, to be what I've always been and you know compete and um, and try to help my team win stuff Something that is a very rare thing, but it's something that you have done with Mark McCadden is that um, next month you're releasing a book. Um, a lot of people would have waited until they finished, but I think owing to the, the unbelievable career that you have since you've arrived at Dundalk, I know you, you've spoken about that. I, I won't get into it because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you did have those kind of, you know, uh, how would you say, those slight doors moments before you joined Dundalk. And it was it important to document what has been probably just the most incredible period of I know speaking as a dog fan of, of, of our time but I don't know how it was for you as players I, I can only imagine it was we're only feeling 10% of what you guys were feeling yeah um, no I won't say it was important for me to document or, or anything like that uh, mm-hmm. Liam Hayes and Hero Books approached me uh, a couple of years ago and maybe they thought I was retiring then as well and uh, <laughs> Like a lot of people, and um, and they asked me to do the autobiography, and like most sort of League of Ireland footballers, I kind of just said, "Ah, no, you know, it's not done in League of Ireland, and you know, sure, who'd read it, and and this and that, and you're not gonna like, it's not for the money. Let me tell you that, anyway. You know, from <laughs> from what the the person gets, sort of thing, but." He asked me to meet him, and I said, "Yeah, listen, I meet him. I'll always meet anyone and hear them out." And uh, he he sold it to me a different way. And he said, "Listen, you get to tell your story." And for after football, it's one of the things that stuck in my head. He said, "It's the best CV you can have." Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm you know, obviously thinking about career after football and getting into that thing and that sort of stage. And I I thought to myself, well. Why not? Like I was sort of saying, all oh, League of Ireland players don't do this, and you're putting your head out there for a bit of stick, and you know, people, it's just a stick to beat you with with different stuff and that. Uh, so I just said, I turn around and turn the opinion around, and just said, sure, why not? You know, let's let's give it a whack. Now it was meant to be out about a year or a year and a half ago, but mm. due to lockdowns and various things, and I suppose injury and stuff it just got put back and then uh, meant to be able to start the last November and it was nearly all, all ready to go but um, 
just felt it was going to be missing something. Mm-hmm. If it came out last November, it was nearly missing last year. Um, yeah. You know, and it was a bit rushed and it was just better to, to wait. So, uh, listen, it doesn't really matter when it comes out, you know, if people are going to read it or buy it, they will sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's very, yeah, very nervous, nervous. It's exciting times, but nervous as well when it's coming out because when I said I'd do it as well, I said, listen, I want it to be quite honest, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I'll be honest, open about my life and different stuff. And some people will care, some people won't sort of thing. So, um, but that, that has me a little bit nervous being so open, you know. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, yeah, I'm still playing, but to me, I don't really see a massive difference. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably a stick to people for people to beat me with while I'm, while I'm still playing, but um, what what difference does it make? Like, it's not going to take my focus off anything I'm doing at the moment. Uh, it's It's all done, dusted sort of thing. Yeah, I have to do a bit of media and stuff on it and that sort of thing. But um, yeah. you know, I've, I've I've always had businesses and different stuff while I'm playing. That's the nature of League of Ireland. You know, it's, mm. I've had to have other stuff to to survive and create a livelihood. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, like I said, there quite a little bit of anxiousness or a little bit, or, of, or, a bit of anxiety. Um, I, just to follow up on something that you said, I hope you don't mind me asking, did you think, owing with all the success that you had, like, we're, we're very much aware of how difficult of a year it was last year. Was that important to include both on and off the pitch of what was going on? Yeah. Um, listen, I probably would have wanted, if I had my own way, I'd, like, I'm very critical of myself at times mm-hmm. and that. It's not been... I suppose trying to be overcritical or negative, it's just being realistic. Things are what they are. Yeah. You know, and there's no point in papering over cracks and not telling them as they are. You, you talk about the good times, you've got to talk about the bad times, you know. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's only so much you can say yeah. uh, when it comes to stuff like this. And the whole journey of the book actually has been quite, it's been quite therapeutic. Uh, it's nearly like going to a counsellor or therapy you know you, yeah. you're sort of reliving things and you know you're thinking from your point of view and then as time goes by you know you're when I'm angry about stuff or stuff that really you know what I mean annoyed me a year later it mightn't be so much I was like ah don't bother saying that or don't bother saying this and um, and there's good reason for it as well you know but then yeah. some stuff some stuff has to be said this sort of thing so um, yeah it was important that you know I had the last year and kind of listen it's only my opinion it's only mm-hmm. yeah. my opinion maybe where we could have done things a bit better or where the club started to go you know on a little bit of a down slope um, but football is all about opinions and, and hindsight is great so you know I'm well aware so I didn't want to go you know too much into it in terms of that because you only know the outcome of something once it's happened you know your opinion could be brilliant in theory and oh if we did this and we did that but um, it, uh, I suppose to answer your question yeah it was important to me to have you know to have the last sort of chapter in it of, of what I went through plus there was a lot of stuff off the field that was you know not to do with clubs just to do it myself mm-hmm. um, and the injury and, and that like I said there's was, was a good few ups and downs Mm-hmm. Um, that were uh, 
life changing for me as such. So yeah. it was important to tell tell those stories and that in it as well. Finally, Brian, just um just to kind of just to wrap things up, I know that a lot of people will talk about the things in the book. If there was one moment during your career at Dundalk, like I know you've moved to the town, I know that you've you you know you've integrated yourself in 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 a street that I know very well. And um, my mother grew up across the road from you, but like, um, is there one moment that stands out as, yeah, that's that that's my Brian Gartland moment. Um. Listen, Sorry, we've had, you on the spot. <laughs> no, you're all right. Uh, like, I've been incredibly lucky with, you know, I had so much runners up before I went there. And I've been incredibly lucky that I managed to, to be part of, you know, that club, that team, the town at, the, at that time. Um, and experience the highs of Europe and cup finals and everything there is. But I suppose the first feeling is hard to forget and it's mainly be- probably because we've had some so many experiences um, maybe you take them for granted and like I said the book is brilliant for that because I suppose a big driving factor behind Dundalk all those years was we never we never lamented on any success yeah, yeah. we celebrate we made sure we celebrated everything but we were always relentless for more um, and it was driven by Stephen Kenny and uh so you'd celebrate it and listen, the celebrations might be might be fairly heavy, but <laughs> once they, once they're done, like mm. that's that done, that's that league, that's that trophy, that's that even with Europe and the, the two thousand sixteen campaign, that's that's that done. Let's do it again. You know, let's let's do better. Yeah. And that was always the way. So the book we all, I always said, listen, I'll I'll reflect on everything and my career when I finish because I didn't want to lose that. But I suppose because of the look, the book and the, and the year out with the injury, um, it allowed me to, re- to reflect and re- appreciate, I suppose, what I've been so lucky to be part of. Um, while keeping that hunger and that sort of strive to, to do more, you know, to win more. And um, that's, it's maybe appreciate where we are now with the club. Yeah. I suppose it's the best way of putting it. Is that answer your question? The Cork, Cork yeah. final, of, you know, to win the league. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going off track there. You're but okay. You're that, okay. That like scoring that night, and we we win the league at home. Winner takes all against your rivals. Your first league title and close first league title and that. The feelings, the emotion, the everything. Your family, your friends. You're at home. Your whole town there. Everything. That feeling is just. Now listen. There's loads more that. You have that, but that was just beautiful. Um, but going back to now, the club's in a different thing. It's a, it's at a rebuild, you know, as such. It's a few steps back, but if you could be part of the club now, those things yeah. that goes on, no, that goes on now, and we'd be successful. That would that would nearly top it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. we've come back, we've regressed. It's if we could get the club, you know, if you could be part of this journey and, and build something special again, like, it would be sweet. And that's why I'm back. That's why I want to keep playing. And that's that's that hunger there. It's, it's not just about turning up. It's about, listen, I might be gone in a couple of years and the club goes and wins the league. But if I'm part of it now and, and starting this journey, that, uh, 
you know, that feeling of the of the club being back where where we feel it belongs, you know. Yeah. Except with, I suppose us at Dundalk think and and winning another title. Uh um FA Cup FA Cup and that uh I think that feeling could be could be back there with it, up with that first one. Because uh after the last couple of years it's just you know it's yeah. It would be the the effect. Listen, Brian, thank you very, very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I look forward to reading the book. Um, I've, I've already got it booked um, when I'm, when I'm going to read it. And uh, I'll speak to you very, very soon. But thanks very much for your time tonight, this evening. Thanks, Kev. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. And now we're going to have a look at this weekend's fixtures and coming back into us is Dermot Carney. Dermot, thanks very much. Uh, we've got a packed couple of couple of days over the course of the weekend. We'll start with Friday night's fixtures starting. Bohemians are at home to Derry City. Dundalk at home to UCD. Sligo Rovers and Shelburne. St. Patrick's Athletic and Drogheda United. While Finn Harps play Shamrock Rovers. They're all the Premier Division fixtures. Which one of those games, Dermot, uh, really stands out to you as the game of the weekend? Um, I suppose in terms of title charge, Finn Harps and Shamrock Rovers could be an interesting game because I suppose Finn Harps will want to make Finn Park a fortress this year should they want to stay up with Shamrock Rovers. They've only got two wins in their last five games, a defeat in between. I think they need to try and kickstart kick their season back again. They're not where they want to be. They want to be toward the top of the table, not in fourth position. Harps, of course, got a win fairly recently as well. So they'll be looking to continue that. And who else against the likes of um, of Shamrock Rovers? Bohemians and Derry could be another interesting game mm-hmm. as well. Should Derry want to continue their their charge toward the top of the table? Bowes, again, similar to Shamrock Rovers, their inner city rivals, not where they want to be in the table either. They want to be contesting the title. But when you're looking at it, Sligo want to keep their record alive as well against Shelburne. All the games this weekend definitely are interesting, but I suppose it's going to be interesting to see of the of the games that we have on Friday night, which one of them springs the most action in terms of the points. But definitely keeping an eye on Bowes and Derry and the um, the game between Finn Harps and Shamrock Rovers for sure. There's no way that UCD could get anything off Dundalk. I don't see it, especially going to Oriel Park. It's a place where Dundalk can make it a fortress. UCD not looking sharp so far in the early stages of the season. They haven't really gotten their, their form alive. Harps look look likely that if they are to consider the, the thoughts of relegation, it's definitely the playoffs that they'll be looking at. I don't think they're going to go straight down. I think UCD aren't going to have, have much fun toward the rest of the season uh, coming up against teams like the likes of Dundalk now on Friday night who are challenging toward the, the, the top of the table and you know Dundalk will want a result and when you're coming home when you're playing at home against a team like UCD you know the way they are in the league they are bottom of the table you have to get the three points I'm pretty sure Dundalk are expecting to take home three points this Friday night and I, I can't I can't see Dundalk or can't see UCD getting anything from the game unfortunately um, in relation to the first division Athlone Town are at home to Bray Wanderers Galway United and Cove Waterford versus Longford Town and Wexford are at home to Cork City Wexford Cork City seems to ha- stand out to me in the in, in those fixtures but um, Waterford and Longford Town is another tasty one yeah for me it's definitely the battle between Waterford and Longford I suppose Longford are 
haven't had the, the most games to, to play this season. They're looking sharp. Waterford, of course, uh, defeat last Friday night against Treaty. Not a result they wanted to go to, to Limerick and, and to lose, especially with, with how Cork got on the week prior. Treaty weren't looking like a, a great outfit. And that would have been a, a game that they could have, you know, got to, to get an extra three points when you're challenging against the likes of Waterford and Cork toward the top of the table. But, you know... Credit to Longford, they've looked sharp so far. Can they get the, the three points against Waterford this weekend? It's going to be an interesting tie there. Wexford, of course, have been kind of the the team that have been, you know, the surprise package in the first division. Now, the result last Friday night has seen them fall out of the playoff spots. Of course, Treaty got a got a win last Friday, so they're up there as are Longford with, with their results. So, you know, it's it's a double header this weekend for Athlone as well. And mm-hmm. It's be interesting to see, but I can still see Cork coming out of, of Wexford with a win. Now they will want to continue this form. I know Galway are, are playing Friday night as well, but they have the game in hand. They're only three points behind in the table. It'll be interesting to call it, but definitely the two game, the game that you've called out there, Wexford and Cork, definitely does look like a tasty fixture. But um, Longford against Waterford could be another one of those those games this weekend. And Treaty versus Athlone Town on Monday. It's it's the bottom, the bottom of the kind of the two. They both teams would be looking for points big time in that in that fixture. Yeah, you know, Athlone haven't had a win so far this season. Treaty, of course, picked up the win last week. That got them up into the playoff spots, and you know, if they got a big three points in that game, and the likes of Longford and Waterford shared the points, and Wexford got something off Cork, or you know, it depends on what way the results go. You could see them go up the table. Um, you know, Galway will be looking for points because you know if they can get to that level where they're near enough to Cork and can get the game in hand and get the three points, we could see. Like the, this, the first division has been sensational to watch this year. Another, another big week of it of it last week, as I mentioned. You know, it's been it's been a f- phenomenal season so far in the first division. I think we're going to get another week of it this week. And I know it's 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 on April Fool's Day. All the fixtures are on, <laughs> are on this Friday night. But I hope, hope I don't think any of the teams want to be the fool to, to, to slip up this weekend. So hopefully, you know, that the teams that are in the position to go toward the top of the table would want to get those results. But, you know, anything can happen. But I don't think we'll see a massive shock this week. Maybe Longford and Waterford might end up being a draw. We've seen them take take Cork to, to Bishopstown and it was the case of it was a nil or when they took them to the took them to Longford and it was a nil all draw so anything is possible thanks very much Jeremy and we look forward to the fixtures and seeing you on Friday evening and during the course of the weekend for Around the Grounds perfect Kieran thanks for having me on again this week And that's my lot for this week. I want to thank my guests, as always, to Darren Murphy of Cove Ramblers, to um, Brian Gartland of Dundalk FC, and to Dermot Carney of FinalWhistle.ie. We'll see you during the course of the weekend with all coverage, on, as you can see, on FinalWhistle.ie. But for now, I'm Kieran Callan. Wherever you're heading away this weekend, whatever League of Ireland grant, make it a good one and enjoy.